Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the Gospel of John. And I'll tell you what, <clears throat> there is a point right here to be made today that I really think is going to rock our world if we wind up uh, just really grasping this. It is an amazing, amazing thing, so let's just get to it. We're in the 17th chapter of John, and remember in our last episode together we saw this in verse 20. Jesus was praying to the Father, and he says this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he had been uh, asking for certain things for the disciples that were there with him at that moment. And he's saying, I'm not asking for these only, but I'm asking for the ones who will believe through their word, which is the balance of mankind that believes. Okay, because uh, these disciples would go out and propagate the gospel. They would write portions of the uh, New Testament, etc. And so he's saying, I'm praying for them also. What is he praying for them? Verse 21 that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus actually reiterates that a couple of times, okay? That that truth, we'll see in just a couple of verses, <laughs> that the reason that he is praying this is that all believers will be one, even as the Father is one with the Son, and the Son is one with the Father, that the Father, Son, and Spirit would be within each and every true believer, thereby making us, positionally, okay, <coughs> making us one. And he's saying that they would be one and that we would live in this one. Now listen to this. Jesus had already been talking about this oneness, shall we say, since over in the 13th and 14th chapter, I think the 14th chapter, how the Father and the Son would abide within us. So it's not just the Holy Spirit. It is the fullness of the triune nature of God. It is the fullness of the Godhead that resides within us. Now watch this. Verse 22. Verse 22 and 23 are one sentence. Here's 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Now, I just want us to reflect upon that for a moment. Just think about that. The very glory that the Father had given to the Son, the Son has now given to them. Okay, who's to them? Is it just the disciples right there? No, it's all those that believe, because the context is, he just said it in a couple of verses before, Hey, I'm not praying just for these right here, but I'm praying for everybody that will believe because of what they say, because of their testimony. I'm praying for everyone who will believe that the very glory that the Father has given the Son, that the Son has now given to those who believe, that they may be one, even as we are one. You know, perhaps we've heard things before about of the oneness, okay, how we are to be one with the Father and how we're to be one with one another. But have you ever heard and reflected upon the very fact that the glory of God, 
okay, that the glory of God himself resides within us. The glory of the Lord Jesus Christ has been given to us. Think about that. If that be true, and it is as true believers, then how then should we behave? How then should we act? And this really does go back to the thing that, you know, I keep bringing up all the time of the oneness and the unity of true believers, of the organism of the body of Christ. Man seeks unity, okay? But that's the organization of man. You see it within the ecumenical movement of the organizational church, of how they try to do things to be unified and to look unified and to act unified, and they're missing the whole point. The point is, if you're truly saved, then we are unified because of what the Lord has said. He brings his glory upon us and in us. He resides within us. He abides within us. We are unified and one with him. Now, it doesn't matter what day of the week you worship on, what church you go to, if you're a true believer. There's other true believers gathering together, okay? But that's what the uh, misnomer is with the whole thing, is that people seek unity and seek unity, and we're never told to seek unity. By definition, we are unified. We are told not to quench the unity. We're told not to cause harm to it, not to destroy it. Hey, we, we can mess with it. We can walk in sin, not abide in the Lord and walk away from it. So he says this. Let me read it again. Verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given them. Why? That they may be one, even as we are one. Verse 23 continues the sentence. I in them and you in me. So that's Jesus saying, I in them, the ones who believe, and you and me, Father in Jesus, that they may become perfectly one. Or the New American Standard says, perfected in unity. Uh, the Lexham says, completed in one. That they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved me even as you loved me. There it is again. It's reiterated again. That the whole point of this is so that the world will know that you have sent me. That the world will know that you have loved me. Remember, this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus praying to the Father. And he's praying that they would be perfectly and completely one in the Godhead. This actually goes back to John 13 where Jesus said to them, I'm giving you a new a commandment. And the new commandment is, is what? That you love one another, right? You remember because we've said it so many times, right? That you love one another. And then he uh, explains a little more. He says, by this the world will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. So in verse 21 of chapter 17 and verse 23, he says the same thing, that the world will believe that Jesus was sent because of what they see in the disciples, because they see the body of Christ functioning together as one, not only among themselves in the physical sense with the um, humans, but in one in the spirit, one in the Father, and one in the Son. The 23rd verse elaborates a little more. And it says, not only will the world know that you've sent me, but that the world will know that you love them even as you loved me. The primary way that the world is going to know that God loves them is by what they see in the organism, the true body of Christ, and the Lord being made manifested 
in his body, the body loving one another, the body abiding with him, the body functioning in the way that he has designed the body to function. When we do that, the world will know that Jesus was sent. The world will know that God loves them and that God loves them. To what degree? He says in verse 23, even as you loved me. In the same way the Father loves the Son, the Father loves his creation. The Father loves the world, and the Father loves us. These are really, really amazing passages, which we would do well just to sit down, you know, before you recline upon your night bed this evening. Just read these three or four verses. Start with uh, John chapter 17, verse 20, and read through verse 23 right there. And just take it very, very slowly and look at it word by word by word and see what the Lord communicates to you. Uh, Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much. Uh, As always, share about these times together right here. Get some folks to join in with you and discuss this and see what the Lord does. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.